0: Over the next five years, I think there's a lot of opportunity. The key is, with all things, you, know, you got to make sure that the numbers work. you got to have good systems in place. you got to have good people around you.
1: Welcome to the Real Estate Riches Podcast, your source for real estate investment education. Each week, we'll feature an interview with a successful investor who will share their story to help us better understand the business of real estate investing. And now, here's your host, Gabe DeSilva. Guys, so welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Riches Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Matt Weber, Chief Revenue Officer at Alpha Funding Partners, my preferred lending partner. Uh, been with them since I started in the business, have fostered an amazing relationship with them, and we partner together on dozens of deals. And so honored to have the opportunity to just jam with Matt on uh, all things fix and flip in a Uh, COVID world, uh, all things cost of capital, uh, lending partnerships and how to foster good ones. And so we're going to unpack all that together. But before we do, uh, Matt, jump in, tell folks uh, a little bit about yourself and then uh, your kind of journey into the chief revenue officer seat at Alpha.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Recently, so I've been working with Alpha for the last four years. It's been an amazing four years. It's flown by. It feels like it's only been four months. So much has happened. I feel like this year has felt like four years, but um, I, before working with Alpha, I was a personal trainer. I was an athlete in high school, kept playing as long as I could until I, my shoulder had given out and I switched over into personal training. I had to figure out how to, you know, make a living. I was 19 years old. So I started doing the personal training, did that through college, got my degree in biology and exercise physiology. And I was working at Lifetime over in Berkeley Heights and I ran into one of our brokers that, was a mutual friend of David Hansel, one of my principals. And he said that David was looking for someone to help out on the sales side. Alpha was, you know, we've always been in growth mode. We're still in growth mode and constantly expanding. And it was a tremendous opportunity. He's like, I want you to get a real job. And he's not, and this is not to say anything about personal trainers and personal training, not being a real job and not being a career. But one person once told me you know a something that you really enjoy doesn't have to be a career it doesn't have to be a job you can do it as a hobby it can be a hobby and it's okay to just be a hobby and it resonated with me and i realized the opportunity in front of me i always thought of you know i always was so interested in real estate i was always interested in finance i never got the opportunity to spend the time in school to learn about those things because when i was in school I was all science. It was biology, chemistry, organic chem, you know, science, science, science. So I saw it as a great opportunity. I joined forces with Dave and, you know, he was like, I don't want you to know anything about real estate. He's like, I'm going to teach you everything from the ground floor up. It was so nerve wracking. It was so anxiety ridden. And, you know, the first couple months are really tough, but I got my legs underneath me and I'm so blessed and so grateful that I was able to make that really uncomfortable jump. And four years later, now I'm helping out with all things revenue, you know, business development, sales, marketing, you know, making sure that we're a profitable company. We're growing, we're expanding, um, you know, really being on the front lines to help grow Alpha.
1: Look at, so, so right out of the gate, so much gold in to unpack in your origin story, the value of powerful mentorship. Uh, the willingness to seek discomfort and get into a space that you're not familiar with. Um, Just this, this is a hell of a start guys. So if you're listening, obviously take, take note of that, right? Seek discomfort, grow, find the right mentors and coaches partner with them. Um, So let's kind of talk on where we are now, where this uh, podcast will find folks listening to it in quarantine in this COVID transition, um, because we wanted to talk on, and I don't know that I kind of led you this one. I didn't tee this up for you ahead of our call, but I was going to talk on specifically a deal that we had put in front of you when things quickly shifted. um, And we Mm -hmm. had brought a borrower to you on a deal we were looking to wholetail. And if I don't know if you remember that conversation, how things had shifted. So maybe talk about what had happened early on versus where we are now with um, cost of capital accessibility to capital, uh, how you guys are screening the borrowers?
0: <clears throat> yeah, we've been on a long, probably what, 12, 13 year run right now with the real estate market, the economy. And uh, from a lending side, capital has been very accessible. There's been tons of people in the space. There's been tons of money that's been flooding the space. And up until February, I mean, you could go as high as 100% financing, you could have credit almost 600, you could have no experience, and you were going to get that deal funded. As soon as March hit and the shutdown orders were instituted and COVID had really spread, we was, I was actually in Atlanta at the time. We were at the Atlantic Mortgage, Mortgage Expo, and I saw the Dow. The Dow went from the 28,000, you know, every day it kept dropping a 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. It was down to 19,000, the Dow at the time. And we got a call. We were, you know, this is when David and Mark, we were behind closed doors all day for those couple days during that week in the middle of March. And we found out that, you know, we had an in-house DSCR bank statement program for buy and hold for rental program. Our fix and flip program uh, was totally going to be changing overnight. Within 24 hours, our fix and flip program went from the traditional 90, 100, you know, 600 credit, maybe if not no experience, up to a 65% ARL TV. And now all of a sudden you had to have three deals with HUDs. I need in and out HUDs. So I need your purchase HUD. I need your sale HUD. I need copies of both. And then I need operating agreements to show that it was actually you. And then we need three of them. And then I need you to show me three months of bank statement, showing you the liquidity to actually do the deal. Not only just your purchase, uh, the down payment for the purchase price. Let's just say it was at the time in March, and then also 20% of the rehab plus an interest reserve, which was, I believe at the time was three months of of interest payments you had to have up front. And then you had to have working capital and you had to close on the loan. There's there's transactional costs. So they had to bring all that money in liquidity, show that in bank statements, plus show your HUDs. And we were only lending, this was what, 80% loan to cost, the interest reserve, plus the experience requirement, and credit had to be 650 or better. It was a total shock overnight. Mm-hmm. Within one day, our world changed. And that was, I think, some. March 15th. It was, I think it was the Wednesday or Thursday in the middle of March. I forget the exact date. And we had about 60 deals in the pipeline. I was, just within, I was on the phone with an investor before, and we were telling them about how things, kind of the same conversation we're having now where we were, where things have changed and how it's gotten to where we are today now in August. And we had about 60 files that were in process and they all were subject to being underwritten because now even if you had the approval going into say March 15th was the day, it didn't matter. If you were approved on March 12th or if you were approved on March 2nd, now everything had to be re-underwritten and obviously under the new guidelines. And it was, it was a massive hit to us. I mean, in the last few months, we've slowly loosened up our reins a little bit. Investors, I think sentiment from the capital side, capital markets have become more and more confident. And I think the money is starting to come back into the market. You're seeing some you know, non-QM money come back, some new construction money come back, although that's still pretty scarce. Fix and flip, the leverages are coming up a little bit. Uh, requirements are loosening a little bit because I think the the confidence is there. You're seeing that with a lot of these, um, you know, the KPIs with the real estate. You know, the inventory is still low. Home prices are going up. Uh, you're seeing a ton of units moved month over month from uh, more. I mean, from May to June, from June to July. There's just a lot of a lot of really good reason to be excited about everything moving forward. The one negative thing is just, there's not a lot of inventory, but you know, if you can get through, if you can get through and you can find a good deal, there's a lot of opportunity.
1: So depending on where this video finds you guys and when you're listening to this, we're gonna push it out as quickly as possible because of how relevant it is time-wise right now. Uh, The history repeats itself. So uh, be conscious of what Matt just outlined for you. And that that does happen. And that did happen as fast as it did, but we're not, going to uh, paint the doom and gloom picture. You just kind of transitioned into uh, there is reason for optimism. Things are improving. So uh, let's then kind of talk about fix and flip in the post-COVID world, which you kind of alluded to. Things are lightening up. You guys are lending more readily, more freely. Um, What's it looking like now?
0: Right now, I think we're pretty much as close as we were pre-COVID Aside from the fact that we are going to institute and maintain some of the measures that we put in, it was very difficult to get bank statements from all of our investors on a consistent basis. So that was something that we've been working on for years. We've always wanted to get bank statements for proof of liquidity. It helps us from the lending side as we continue to grow and provide better capital to our investors. Providing those types of documents is very critical. Um, having everybody provide them sometimes when there's a ton of competition and there's a lot of people out there that won't ask for them, you know, it's very hard to just tell everyone I need bank statements starting tomorrow. So I think one thing about COVID that has definitely helped us is that we were able to institute that and it was either all or nothing, whether you had them or you didn't have them, you know, that was a prerequisite and we're going to maintain that. But leverages, interest rates, interest reserve, we're not requiring an interest reserve currently, I would say we're pretty much to where we were pre COVID aside from maybe asking for, you know, the documented HUDs just to see experience. Otherwise, depending, because we're going to see where you are and what tier you're going to fall in. Our pricing is definitely experience based. So if you're in that three plus deals in the last three years, which is basically one deal a year, if you can show us those three HUDs, we can get you in a very aggressive bracket when it comes to leverage. If you're in that two or the one, if you're a new investor right now, we currently, Currently, as of uh, August 2020, depending on when you see this, we can't lend to new investors right now. But one to two, you would just bring a little bit more money down. The credit uh, requirement is just a little bit higher as a barrier of entry for us. But everything's pretty much back to normal. I've been seeing last month was a good month, bounce back. Um, this month, even busier. Uh, the real estate market's booming right now. It's yeah. very exciting.
1: So, there's, there's uh, inventory demand. So, uh, as an investor who's actively looking for deals at all times. We've started to feel that pinch for a few years now. We know that there's a lot more, I don't like to use the word competition, but there's a lot of eyes on deals, a lot of offers being placed on things. Sellers know what they have. For the most part, you're not getting those home runs like you used to. So um, finding the deal, right? is still um, equally challenging. Availability of capital, like we're talking about, it's kind of opening back up. Cost of capital is dependent on experience and a whole host of other things that you kind of alluded to uh we have reason to be optimistic is what i think we're trying to convey here like, folks if you're listening to this like um don't worry that you can't uh, finance a deal if you get a good deal is that is that fair is that if you get a good yeah. deal right
0: yeah, yeah. And, and one thing that's really exciting as we literally speak this is breaking news we're doing an alpha pitch night event. I I don't know if Ah. we're going to actually call it a alpha pitch night or alpha mixer, alpha connection machine, whatever it's going to be called. We're going to brand it a certain way. So obviously we are um, unique, but basically what we see is that there's some people that can't qualify currently in the state of where capital is and just real estate overall. It's difficult for some people to get into a deal. There's also people that are out there like yourself. who are constantly looking for deals. What if there was a way that we could connect everybody? And obviously at the same time, we can't go out and have everyone all in one room because of obviously the, you know, the realities of COVID, the, life we, uh, you know, the world we live in right now. So what we're going to be doing is once a week, we're going to be having this virtual event where everyone can come in. And if it's a new investor who can't qualify with us, but found a good deal we don't want to deter them. We don't want to tell them no, we want to see if maybe there's a way that we can connect them with an investor who does qualify, or maybe they can partner with somebody who has experience. Maybe they can work out some sort of an agreement where, I don't know, know, depending on how much equity each person gets, but if they can get that first or second deal under their belt, whether it's with alpha or whether whether it's with any other lender, it's going to make them more attractive when they're looking to go and source capital for their project. So we're looking to see how can we help even the people that we can't currently help by adding more value. And we're going to be starting those in September. It's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I love that concept. I've been to the in-person ones you guys have posted in the past. I love the idea of bridging that gap and almost facilitating the JVs. It's uh, it's what we saw happen in our specific niche with those construction heavy at a level and new construction style projects is early on the guy that was savvy and knew the construction didn't have the financial wherewithal to do the project the guy that had the financial savvy didn't necessarily couldn't wrap his head and hands around the construction now those two guys find each other and they're out there doing what we're doing at scale some of them so that's really cool you guys are doing that and that you're gonna help facilitate that coming together and it's a pivot like so smart right for you guys to pivot in that um so what then has your experience been because you guys are creative and you are doing that with the lenders space like have you seen a lot of guys i don't want to say go away it's not the right word but like kind of just
0: uh, a correction maybe or kind of like
1: yeah.
0: a an adjustment yeah i i'm seeing um there are some groups that kind of were on pause there are some groups that maybe stopped lending back in March and just have not come back. Generally, I think because of the real estate market being so strong, a majority of them have come back, but I think they've come back now at some adjusted, uh, you know, they've adjusted requirements, adjusted Mm -hmm. cost of capital. And because of that, you're seeing that with a lot of these lenders, you go out and you try and, you know, shop alone. You're seeing that you're paying a little bit more on your interest rate, You're paying a little bit more on the points, the origination fee. So maybe your costs might be a little bit higher. You might have to bring more money down. There might be an interest reserve. I'm seeing, you know, we're also part of the American Association of Private Lenders, AAPL. And we're noticing that a lot of the lenders across the board have felt very confident knowing that if we can get an interest reserve in all of our loans, it's going to make us, the default rates dramatically drop. Because if we have that guaranteed amount of money, the money set aside for the interest payments, we don't have to worry about our investors, especially during COVID, where this is, you know, a very trying time for a lot of people, making sure that they don't default on their loans with their payments. So some of them are continually doing the interest reserves. Um, one thing about Alpha that, that we distinguish ourselves is that we do not have an interest reserve right now. We've tried to always stay ahead of the curve. Um the equity requirements into the deal and the cost of capital, I think that was just something that was, you know, a long overdue. I think for a couple of years it was just it was a race to the bottom with a lot of lenders and, mm-hmm. you know, one lender trying to go below the next lender and then that lender trying to yeah. go above the the next lender. And and, you know, a guy like yourself, that was amazing. Cause you just sit and you watch all these lenders fight against each other. And you're like, what's the lowest rate you can give me? And everyone wants a piece of the pie. So, you know, you were getting some like seven, eight, 9%. I mean, now it's around that nine, 10% range, but you know, you watch another six to 12 months, you might start seeing that seven, eight, 9% mm-hmm. range again.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's good. Thank you for kind of painting the picture of where, like the space kind of is now. And again, like depending on where and when this video finds you guys, I hope that you're taking stock of what's happened. History is a teacher. So uh, whether or not we've come slingshotting out of this by the time you watch this video or whether we're still kind of here or if um, we backslid a little bit. I mean, I don't anticipate that being the case, but uh, depending when this video finds you, be conscious of all of that. Um, And so now let's kind of shift gears a little bit because we wanted, we're not, solely here to paint the doom and gloom picture and to give them like the data piece necessarily i want to also talk on like so and not just fix and flip but like fix and flip in a post-covid world uh how things uh will improve how you specifically can improve them for yourself as a real estate investor or just in general because i know you and i talk offline a lot about mindset and things like that creating these shifts of beliefs um so let's start with the one thing that you and i always jam out on right the concept of integrity promises and kind of being impeccable with your word. Um, let's unpack that. Give me your kind of your purview on the power of your words.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a gentleman named Brandon Turner from bigger pockets and he has a podcast and he said it so perfectly. And basically the concept is, and this is something that I live on and I've been trying to be extremely, um, You know, I want to maintain that integrity is just when you say something, you do something and it's not just because you want to do it just because you say it and you're like, I just want to, I want to, I want to actually follow through with what I say. You don't understand. It is so much deeper than that. What we don't understand is the conscious mind. That's important. Um, Not uh, to diminish that, but the subconscious is so much more powerful. What we don't realize as, as humans and as creatures is that the power of your subconscious will dictate sometimes your conscious actions. And if you f- keep doing what you say you're going to do, you're telling your subconscious, I, you can bank on me. You can just, it's already done. When you say you're going to do it, it's already done. It's just a matter of when and how you're going to get there. But what happens is if you do it the opposite way, if you start saying you're going to do stuff and you make empty promises, your subconscious is always listening. And it's kind of like if you're trying to lose some weight and you're trying to start a new workout program. You're like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And then all of a sudden you don't do it. Your subconscious has been listening to you. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if you do it long enough, your body is all about repetition. It's all about habits. And what happens is now all of a sudden you start saying you want to do something. Your subconscious is like, forget about it. Before you even start, your subconscious already is done. Mm -hmm. It's it's already a done deal. So I've been always a big proponent of do what you say, say what you mean, mean what you say. But really, if you're going to say it, do it. And what happens is there's so much power with it, but there's, you know, Eat That Frog is a book that I really like. It's a very simple book, light, easy read. And there's talk about Eat That Frog, you know, the, the biggest, most audacious thing that you have to deal with in that day. You wake up in the morning and you attack it first thing in the morning because then everything's downhill. And then the other thing is by continuously doing these little things here and there, by building up good habits, you know, whether it's waking up in the morning, doing your, you know, making your bed, brushing your teeth, having a good morning routine, your morning routine sets your day up. But by doing those little things, like it's not that difficult to brush your teeth. It's not that difficult to make your bed the right way mm-hmm. doing it consistently. Definitely. But the more you do it, the easier it gets with habit. But what happens is there's the neuro, the the brain chemistry part of it. We're, Every time you do something positive, and it actually then is successful, you have that drip of dopamine in your brain. And all of a sudden, you feel amazing. And you're like, wow, I'm so powerful. I can do so much. And then you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. (laughs) And then that cycle just keeps repeating. It's the same thing in reverse, if you do things backwards, if you don't do them. Mm -hmm. So it's just I've always been a big proponent of if you're going to say something, do it. And there's just so much power behind it.
1: As a so and as a real estate investor, that's to bring it back to what you guys do. Like that's who you wanna lend to. You wanna lend to people who are impeccable with their word and they will go out on their shield. They make a commitment to doing this project. They won't take your um, willingness to lend to them for granted. So uh, be conscious of that as borrowers if that's who you are watching this now. Uh, in general, as just human beings, be conscious of what we're talking about because it works in reverse. Like Matt just said, uh, don't feed the enemy, like the subconscious. Uh, that's not what you want. You want to uh, feed rewards, those dopamine hits that are going to prop- propel you forward. So if you are uh, aspiring real estate investor? No, you are a real estate investor. You need to start conditioning yourself to believe that you are, in fact, a real estate investor who just hasn't done a deal yet. Like you, you are a real estate investor, um, and, and you, so that's that applies across the board.
0: Yeah, I wanted to piggyback off of that because then it's not even just so much you yourself. And right now in COVID, people are not around a lot of people. Some people are quarantined. Some people are isolated. But really, understanding that if you want to do things that are bigger than where you are right now you have to go and surround yourself people with people that have done those things and what happens is they're going to help lift you up so it's all about who you surround yourself with you surround yourself with people that are at higher levels than you you're going to level up you never want to be above everybody that you're with because all it's going to do is it's going to bring you down so you know, obviously right now during COVID, it's tough to be around a lot of people, but you know, surrounding yourself with whether it's like a little mastermind group, you know, you're reaching out to a couple of friends, you're staying in touch with people that are really important to you, people that help you, whether it's personally, professionally, you know, who you surround yourself with is so, so important.
1: Yeah. When in this, in this quarantine in COVID, right, we've uh, and I listeners have heard me say like this is the time to acquire knowledge. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now you're not necessarily uh, in proximity to those people, but you're in proximity to people via YouTube and podcasts and whatever videos you're choosing to consume. You could be consuming Netflix and be in proximity to the Housewives of Orange County or whatever <laughs> you tend to watch. Or you could be watching this podcast and be in proximity to us. Uh, I eat with Ed Milette and Tom Villieu. You know, like those are guys I follow and those are guys I really resonate with. So I'll have meals with them sometimes while the interview is playing in the background. And so they, I consider myself a part of their circle and vice versa. Um, Well, they don't know that I exist, but that's, uh, you get the (laughs) idea, right? So if you guys are listening, be conscious of that. Um, So as we kind of like are coming to an end of our time together, I want to be respectful of your time, but I want to kind of, I want to ask you. Where, let me, let me take it deeper one more time, because I know that you're going to like this one. And so I don't often ask this question of a lot of people, but because of your foray into the real estate space and it's say it's been roughly four going on five years, what did you used to believe about the business of real estate that you no longer believe now? And I know there's a lot that goes into a question like that. Cause we, like when you started, you didn't necessarily have the background in real estate. And now we're in the middle of quarantine. And so um what are your thoughts on like what's happened and how this business has changed and how you've grown into it over these like four to five years.
0: I think the first thing was when I first thought of real estate, I used to just think of friends that were realtors. You would see, you know, those signs up, you know, sell your home with you know, with Joan. And, you know, I always used to think real estate, wow, you know, this is such a light lift. All you got to do is go to a house and you sell it and you make a ton of money. It seems like such a great job. I didn't know the math behind it. I didn't know the science behind it. But now as I look at it, it, it's just like any other industry. It's like any other business, any arena. There's obviously a lot of stuff that goes into it. And as I've grown and I've learned more about it, you know, you start understanding the science behind it. You start understanding the math and the numbers behind it. And I'm a big proponent of know your numbers, know your people, whether it's your business or life, just know your people, know your numbers. And I've really tried to understand the numbers behind the business. I've understand, you know, the people and how the, you know, the the whole dynamic of real estate and where I think it's going. I just think that there's so much opportunity just because Right now, we're in such a deficit right now with the housing stock right now in the country. And because we don't have as many units available, you can go across the country. I believe it's almost around 100,000 homes that we currently need and we do not have. If you look at, let's just say, you know, housing starts, they just showed the numbers in uh, july and i think it was 1600 homes that were started new construction homes that were being built but just you know pull that into 12 months let's just say around 15 twenty you you're still at a deficit of 80 percent of those of the deficit number is still not being um yeah. you know satisfied yeah. so i look at a guy like you and i'm like gabe with his cape You're like Superman and you're like, I'm coming. I'm going to go, sir. I'm going to go save all these old capes from the fifties and sixties and seventies, you know, homes that were built for people at a different time and a different time in history, you know, post-World War II homes were not built for multiple people going and working, you know, a, a husband and a wife or a wife and a wife, husband and husband, working two jobs, needing two cars, needing a big backyard, needing a big house for all these different needs and amenities you know those old homes weren't there, but there's still a ton of those homes out there in in the world right now. um I grew up in Livingston, New Jersey, and I just look at that town and I look at the evolution of the town from when I was born in the in the in the late eighties and the early nineties to when a lot of those homes were built in the sixties and seventies and where we are now in the two in twenty twenty and looking at some of these homes being transformed uh you know Doubling square footage, you look at some of these capes that are maybe 18, 1800 square feet and now they're 3600 square feet. And I see that there's still so much opportunity in the next five years, just the repurposing of housing stock, the need for it, and the fact of why I'm so excited to work for a group like Alpha, the need for us being able to provide capital to people like you, so you can build these homes and meet the needs of the consumer, the real people, the hardworking people that need these homes for their families, so they can live an amazing life, and and hopefully the world is better when we leave it than it was when we first found it. But you know the fact that we can keep the circle of life, how we can help everybody in a positive way. I think there's a lot of opportunity there's so many houses that need to be renovated and fixed and over the next five years i think there's a lot of opportunity the key is with all things you know you got to make sure that the numbers work you got to have good systems in place you got to have good people around you Mm -hmm. but um it's been a it's been a crazy ride the last four years but i've been very very uh blessed to be a part of it
1: that's super powerful man but um our friend, our mutual friend Ben Joannis, calls it vampire flipping. It'll never go away. The need will always be there for us. Um, we're coincidentally doing one in Livingston that you guys are the lender on. I don't know if you saw it in our file. We're doing a new construction yeah. there, and uh, we just took an offer. Again, like depending on when this video finds you, we are listed pre-construction. We got twenty-five thousand over ask. It just came out of attorney review yesterday. So by the time you guys see this video, we'll likely have um, sold that house for twenty-five k over ask. Uh, boom, the market is, it's powerful. What's going on right now the opportunity. um, I want to leave them there because we are giving them, like, this is the view I want you guys to have watching this. Um, Tell the listeners, those watching, where they can find you online. Where would you like them to go um, and dive into your world?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It starts with our website. We have a brand new website. Go and check it out, www.alphafunding.com. You can always email us at info at alphafunding.com. And then you can always contact us at 732-657-2014. six, five, seven, two, zero, one, four. I'm always available. Have an amazing team around us. Um, you know, definitely check out the new website. We've spent a lot of time and a lot of energy to provide a first class experience for our investors, for our uh, borrowers and investors who are looking to work with us. So if you have any questions, obviously feel free to reach out.
1: We're going to link to everything in the show notes as well and uh, make it easy for you guys to click through and find Matt and his team over at Alpha. Like I said, they have been my preferred lending partner since I got started. Uh, I built the business I've been blessed and fortunate to build thanks to the relationships I fostered with them early on. And Dave, who's been a mentor to both of us. So um, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate you and uh, all the knowledge and wisdom you've imparted
0: upon us all. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Gabe
1: real estate investment rock stars. Congratulations on taking one more step toward real estate riches. I know that you're serious about a successful future in the real estate investment business and the real estate riches podcast is going to help you get there. Head on over to gavedasilva.com right now and get yourself signed up for a coaching call where Gabe will help you figure out the next step on your journey. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the real estate riches podcast.